Mommy, you are iconic. I'm iconic too. I'm definitely iconic too. Welcome to the She's About Business Show, the show for women who are about the business of living their very best lives. Because there is nothing better than a woman who is focused, dedicated, determined, motivated, optimistic, confident, and clear. Most importantly, there is nothing better than a faithful woman who believes in God and in her ability to live out His purpose in her life. This is the Purpose Driven Life. This is the Iconic Life. And you are listening to Season 4 of the She's About Business Show, living iconically and with purpose. Hey there, it's your host, Daithia Dawns, the Impact Coach, and you are listening to the award-winning, impact-making, icon-shaping, She's About Business show. Hey, ladies, it's time to kill it. Hey there, it's your host, Daithia Garns. Wow, I am so glad to be back doing what I love. Finally, this is episode one of season four. Like many people, COVID definitely threw me for a loop and just wanting to be fully in tune and aligned with my listeners and with the things going on around us. I wanted to take my time so that I could make sure that I was presenting what was most needed for a time such as this. And so my usual one to two month break in between seasons turned into the rest of the year. (laughs) But I am back and better than ever. And I hope that each and every one of you all are doing well during this time of turmoil in our country and our world. If you have been having a difficult time dealing with it all, you're not alone. I'm always, of course, looking to present my life as a testament. And so that means being transparent and honest about where I've been, where I'm going and where I presently am. And the truth is I've struggled with the issues the pandemic has surfaced for us all too. And I was explaining it the other day to someone like, you know, even though my life is good personally, There's like this cloud that seems to just be looming over things. You really want to do something about it, but you know that it really has nothing to do with you personally. So you just have to accept it and do what you can to be impactful overall, right? So with that being said, here I am doing my part and I'm honored to be able to do what I love while I can to try to make an impact on the world and counter all of this negativity that we see. So what are you doing? Have you figured out your role in this season of the world? If you haven't, it's okay. You're in the right place for that. (laughs) This is episode one of season four of the award-winning She's About Business show, aka The Sab Show. This season, we are working on living iconically and with purpose. An icon isn't something to be worshipped because that honor belongs only to God. 
but an icon as it applies to the goal for us as we are seeking to live in excellence is a symbol of something that gives hope to others, right? That they can achieve the positive characteristics that are symbolized. So this season, my messages will encourage you to be a symbol of something big, bold, beautiful, different, good, and just, well, something iconic. (laughs) Of course, as always, giving all honor to God for all of his amazing blessings and to my Savior, Jesus Christ, for being who he is in my life. And of course, thanks to all of you, my fabulous sisters and fabulous fellas, for tuning back in and for supporting the show on the various platforms such as Facebook, iTunes, Podomatic, TuneIn, Spotify, Luminary, Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. Also, don't forget to connect with me on Instagram. You can send me a shout out or a mention to at She's About Business. Give me a shout out and I'll give you one right back. <laughs> Our topic today is a very serious one. Our topic today is when the veil comes off, what will you do? Now, I went back and forth about my topic for this first episode, and I came to the conclusion that it had to be this topic simply because I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. And then I'm going to spend the rest of the season focused on other topics, topics that uplift and motivate us all to live iconically and on purpose, right? This topic definitely calls for the listener to make a choice about what they will stand for, who they will stand for, and how they will exist in this world as human beings. And I think that this is my attempt to get that cloud that I spoke of earlier from over my head and from over all of our heads. And sometimes we have to speak up about tough topics that mean a lot to us. And other times we have to be quiet, right? There's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And this platform is one that God gave me for when it's my time to speak. So here goes. A bride wears a veil as a symbol of purity, innocence, virtuousness, beauty. But what if when the veil comes off, you find the opposite of all those things? What if when the veil comes off, you find that your bride was never who she said she was or that she's been stolen and replaced with something mean, something ugly, evil even. What would you do if you were the groom? Would you run away? Would you stay and fight? Or would you just get married anyway, right? (laughs) This is where we are all finding ourselves as of right now in America. This is where we're finding ourselves as Americans. The veil is slowly coming off and we're seeing the truth that we've been conditioned to not see for so long. I believe that the veil is coming off and we're seeing truths as human beings. Our world is changing. 
and the truth is just coming to light. And the truth is that many of us who are brown and black people have always known the truth, but we've been shooed away, quieted and hushed every time we bring up the topic. We were told that we were extreme, violent, militant, angry, irrational, despondent for saying that we have seen underneath the veil firsthand for all of our history on this continent. We had seen the ugly truth. Then they try to tell us that the ugliness is long gone and that we should just get over it. It's in the past. <laughs> you know, you're talking about the past. That's ancient history. Well, there have been signs that we were right all along. Many, many signs. But hey, when in Rome, you do as the Romans do, right? You do as the Romans do to get along and to survive. Martin Luther King Jr. said that the language of the unheard is the riot. Well, I like to add to that, Mr. King, because the language of the afraid is also the riot. We saw that when the capital of our country was raided and rioted by those who were in fear of losing their privilege, their control, their position of perceived authority. And the worst part about it is that they were allowed to do so with very little intervention, reasonable intervention anyway. And the truth is, we had to admit it, we had to face it. Had that been a mob of black people, they would have been called radicals, militants, or even worse, and they would have been killed, as many of them as possible. Had it been non-Americans, they would have been killed as terrorists. But white Americans, many of whom I am sure call themselves followers of God, of Christ even, stormed the Capitol and were hungry with rage and looking for someone to hurt. The vice president and the speaker of the house in particular were a few of their particular targets. How did this happen? I mean, everybody's been asking, where do we go wrong as a country? Many people blame Donald Trump. I have to just say, guys, that it didn't start with them. Did he exaggerate things? Did he stir the pot? Of course he did. But can't put the blame fully on him. Can we blame the evils of racism? Racism is evil. But what's even worse to me is the cognitive dissonance that allows racism to be passed down and grown into people like it's a part of their DNA. To me, it started with the cognitive dissonance, the mental disconnect that it would allow white women slave owners to say that a black woman was no more than an animal 
but then allow her to breastfeed, raise and nurture her children. This is the same mental disconnect that would allow grown men to murder children like Emmett Till and Trayvon Martin. This is the same disconnect that would allow white men and women to take their young children to lynchings and allow them to watch black people die. I honestly believe that this type of dissonance should be considered a mental illness. I believe that it is. When your beliefs can be so shockingly wrong and you can see them and you know rationally, you know that they can't be right, but you believe them anyway and you take action on them. Why? Because our beliefs will always supersede our knowledge, even when the knowledge is based on facts. So many who have asked, how can people be like this? And how can they believe like this? It's because of the mental disconnect that they have been raised with. It's been bred into them. <laughs> and it even surpasses their belief in and dedication to whatever perceived God it is that they serve. And it allows them to believe that God will be pleased with their evils. And it makes no sense to most of us. And we know that there are good and bad people on every side of every racial divide. All of one race of people are not good or bad. We know that. I have many white friends who I love dearly and I hope they love me too. I know they do. But we have to accept the fact that now that the veil is coming off, we can no longer deny the ugly truth that racism and this type of mental disconnect with humanity, this cognitive dissonance has been bred into some white people just as much as the trauma and the brokenness of racism and all of the things that came with it. That trauma is in our DNA and the two sides, two sides are just not working together as a functioning whole. And we have to admit that because the veil is coming off and we can't keep lying about who we are as a people, as a country. We can no longer lie about it. Individually, each one of us have to be accountable for who we are and who we are becoming and who we are raising our children to become and who we are following. Here's a quick story. And I can't remember if I've shared it before, but it's worth sharing again because it just really speaks to what I'm talking about. When my oldest son was maybe around three and I was still living in my hometown, small town, Virginia, known for racism but I hadn't really experienced it personally and I had many white associates I worked with them I went to lunch with them well one in particular 
I almost, I mean, I, I honestly considered her to be a friend at that time. And she had started a little daycare in her home. And I had a very flexible schedule at that time. So I go by her house sometimes and I would eat my lunch and just kind of hang out with her on my breaks or whatever. And, you know, also just to kind of add to that, you know, white people have been good to me. They helped me um, establish and start my career and, you know, get my home. And, you know, like I, I had never seen that side of things. And I guess I was very naive. And also, I had been raised to love all people and to give people a chance to prove themselves as individuals, right? Not to just judge someone based on their race or color or anything external. So I would, you know, go to her home and we would hang out and we would have a good time. So she starts a daycare and it kind of started off really slow, but <laughs> before you knew it, she had no issues with leaving me in her home with those kids while she would run errands to the store, to the bank, to the post office. And there would be a mixture of kids, you know, that, that would be there it would be the kids she was babysitting and, you know, her own kids. And I would stay there and take care of them. Just like, you know, I would take care of any other child that I cared for. And, you know, the times that she would be gone, it's never really long, maybe an hour or two. But, you know, no problems. I love children. I, you know, I cared for them. No big deal. Until one day <laughs> I asked her if she could babysit for my son because I was looking to move him from his current sitter. And this woman who, in all of my innocence, I guess, at that time, you know, this woman who I thought was my friend, looked me in my face and told me that she didn't think the other parents would like her keeping a black child with theirs. That is a mental disconnect, guys. And this woman, I mean, you could not convince her that she was not a follower of Christ. And a lot of people look for reasons to discount Jesus. And my goal is to always show what his love and his example has done for my life. He is my greatest love and he is not the problem. The problem is with each individual, especially when they do these horrible acts in his name. So as we move forward, we have to understand where we are in history. Our world may get worse, may get worse, guys. I mean, it, it's just where we are. And what I believe should be happening in your life as an individual is that the veil should also be coming off. And you may actually see some ugly things about you that you were not aware of or that you had simply been ignoring. And I know it, it, it may not be pretty <laughs> um, because, you know, it wasn't pretty when my veil came off, right? 
but we can no longer ignore these things just like we've tried to ignore the ugliness in America as if we were not aware. So now when the veil comes off, we have to take action. If you're choosing to live iconically and with purpose, this is your first step in your personal life. You have to be willing to face the ugly truths that you've worked so hard to hide. Don't run away. Don't marry them, but fight them. Fight to change. Fight to be the very best version of you as a member of the human race. You also have to fight, but not like those who terrorize the Capitol. No, don't fight like them. As, as an American, fight by not allowing yourself to be enslaved. And if you're a brown and, and black person who whose ancestors were enslaved in this country, you have to fight by not allowing yourself to be enslaved again, but this time by hate. Don't let it enslave you. Galatians 5 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Whatever controls you in such a way that you can ignore every sensibility that you should have as a human being, you are a slave to it. Those who stormed the Capitol are slaves to fear and hatred, in my opinion. What could have and should have been peaceful was not because peace was not in their hearts. So my question to you is what is in yours? All right, fabulous ones. That's the end of the show for this week. I am the Impact Coach on Facebook and on Instagram. She's about business. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and will check your own heart as the veils come off all around us. Thank you so much again for all the support. And don't forget that it's so very important to me and to the show that you leave a rating or review on the platform of your choice. I appreciate those of you who have already taken the time to do that. Thank you. Thank you. If you're listening on Podomatic, iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Luminary, Podbean, or any of the other platforms, please review and share the show. If you are listening on YouTube on the She's About Business channel, please subscribe, share, and like. And don't forget that I have amazing content on the She's About Business Roku channel, which you cannot find anywhere else. You can check it out on your favorite streaming device. Now, don't forget, until next week, let's work at living iconically and with purpose. And remember that we are on this journey together. I love you guys. Mwah.